And we just thank you that your ministering angels are encamped around about the dreamland, children's home. No harm, no weapon formed against them will prosper. We know that. And in Jesus' name, if they are to evacuate, Stanley will know the exact time to do it. And Samaritan's Purse involved and, and Feed the Hungry involved, we know it will go quite smoothly and that everything will be done for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. turn to your name and say, thank God for Jesus. Okay, I got a little joke here. So are you all ready to laugh? That is the most dull response I've ever heard. That is just, are you all ready to laugh? You, what happens when you laugh? You release endorphins, and the joy of the Lord is your strength, and these endorphins start to come down there, make you look 20 years younger. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to laugh a lot. You look younger if you laugh. You'll medicate your body. you got a pharmacy between your ears. Did you know that? Turn, to your, turn right up here and say, i got a CVS. <laughs> what could we come up with a name? CVS. What could that be? It, whatever. Okay. So this, now I just got it off the internet. I want something funny. I love to laugh. I really do. Uh, Minister's son, a month before, he was going to get his driver's license, and he went to his father, and he said, hey, Dad, I'd like to borrow the car when I get my license. And the dad said, well, come on into my study, son. So they went into the study, and they sat down and said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you get your grades improved, if you really start studying hard, and if you start becoming a little bit more punctual with what you're doing, Get your hair cut. I'll take care of that. We'll talk about it again. So the month went by, and the son got the driver's license, came back into his dad, and he said, Dad, okay if I borrow the car now? The dad looked at his son, and he said, You know, son, your grades have really improved. I am so proud of you. They have just so improved. And not only that, but your punctuality, it is just absolutely awesome. I'm just so happy and so proud of you. He said, But your hair, it's still long. And the son said, well, dad, you got a point there. I understand that. But he said, you know, I've been thinking about what you said. Samson had long hair. Moses had long hair. Noah had long hair. Even Jesus had long hair. Dad looked at him, pondered for a moment. He said, you know, son, you're right. But they walked everywhere they went. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 5. <laughs> and uh, now this is not a heavy message, okay? This is a message of hope for everyone. But how we process information will determine whether or not we live with one of the most important ingredients God wants us to have. Certainly that's Jesus. Certainly that's the victory that overcomes this world. Certainly it's all the things that the Word of God says. But it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that will live within us and produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that you and I are called, and by the way, we forgot to recognize Chris tonight, uh, Jackie's daughter, Chris. Uh, let's give, what did I say? Trish. When did you change your name? Give Trisha a hand, <laughs> Jackie's daughter. We had a wonderful memorial service for her. Trish doesn't even sound like Chris, does it? Okay, anyway, there, the, God wants you and me to have perfect peace, totally peace. How many of you have children? How many of you, some of them bring great peace into your life? 
and some of them are obviously a little different. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You love all your children the same. God, God's will is for you and I to have perfect peace. And I'm going to show you tonight scripturally and by the Spirit of God. How we have that peace that is already ours has to be manifest as revelation in our life because everything that we do has a focus uh, because that was a 360. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You kids will love me. You will want to come back next Wednesday. Will you kids come back and hear me next Wednesday too? Is that a yes? That's not, that was a weak yes. Okay. Now, get, they're saying get the attention off me right away. Uh, everything that you do is processed through your mind. Everybody look right up here and just tap this because you may wonder where it is. It's right here. Everybody say, I have a mind, and God gave it to me. You were born with that mind, and you live by thoughts. And what you process through as thoughts determines whether or not you're going to be at peace or whether you're not going to be at peace. And I know that my wife may, may sit here and, and listen to me preach this message and say, you seem like you have anything but peace sometimes when you watch the news on there. And she's absolutely right. Sometimes I'm ready to shoot out the TV set. And I know that I've watched it too long when I've seen some of the news and some of the asinine things that I see. That's why we don't like children in here. Asinine things that I see on television. Because, you don't say that, kids. Because it's just common sense doesn't seem to prevail any longer, does it? Or is it just me or is it you? Now, let's all say it. I should have perfect peace in troubled times. Turn to your name and say, that's what you should have. Now, what we've got to understand is how do we get that perfect peace? And I, I, I would say to you, I have never seen the world like it is today in my lifetime. I am sure my parents would have said the same thing. Maybe my grandparents would have said the same thing. I don't know. But when you look around the world today, you look at the Middle East, you look at the absolute torture and, and beheadings and killing and murder of Christians over there, of what they're doing to the Jewish people, of what's happening to the Palestinian people, of what's happening to the nations of the world, of what's happening in America to our morality and our standards of living, what's happening in situations where we say, well, now we should have this type of a thing sexually or this type of a thing sexually or this type of a thing that defies mar- uh, defines marriage. I mean, how many of you realize some things just defy common sense. Can I see your hands so that I know you're with me? Okay. And, and so we're living, I believe, and I think you do too, in very troubled times. We can focus on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit and what we have, and we can be peaceful during these troubled waters, or we can really get revved up. Now listen, I hope you hear me right on this. Right now, when you listen to the news, you hear the Republicans say what they're going to do, what Donald Trump's going to do, and then you hear that, well, Trump isn't going to do this, and then you hear about Hillary Clinton, and she's the best thing that happened. No, she's the worst thing that happened. No, she's a liar. No, he's a liar. Da, 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 da. And after a while, it's like, who knows for sure what it is? Maybe God does. Maybe he doesn't. I know one thing. I'm, I didn't mean that God doesn't know things. Thank you, Lisa, for that, that laugh. God, everybody say God knows everything. And the pastor doesn't. <laughs> God knows everything. But whoever occupies the White House, I'm going to prosper regardless. 
I'm going to be blessed by the Word of God regardless of who's in the White House. I have a preference when I go to that poll, but if my preference doesn't happen, it's not going to affect me sleeping at night. It's not going to affect me being blessed. It's not going to affect the Word of God. It's not going to affect the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, there'll be ripple effects in our nation. You better believe that. There already are because the people that have been elected to offices that have come against the Word of God and the power of God, but they'll pay a price for that themselves. But you and I need to know that we are in troubled times. Turn to your neighbor and tell we are in troubled times. You may not like to make that statement. You might say, well, that's not a good faith statement. Folks, we are in troubled times, and Jesus told us this is where we would be. And I'm going to show you in just a moment. Pam gave the scripture. But in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What this is basically saying is that if you're going to twist the Word of God and the things of God and start to call good things bad and bad things good, you are going to pay a price for that. And this was God speaking about the judgment that was coming on the people in the Old Covenant in those particular days. I believe the Word of God is true for the Old Covenant, and the Word of God is true for the New Covenant. For people that are saying and contradicting the Word of God today, there's going to be a price to be paid for. But if you're living the Word of God, and if you understand that we're in troubled times, and that what we need to do is to be focused. Jesus said in John 10.10 that we would have life and have it more abundantly. That the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. What he tries to do is to destroy us in the realm of our mind and our thoughts. And he does walk around and walk about with a certain amount of ability to try to trick us into believing what is contrary to the Word of God. For instance, let me show you, let me just give you this example. How many of you have ever had a troubled mind and you know it? Can I see your hands? Now, that is contrary to the Word of God, because the Word of God says you have perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. I'm going to show you that in the next scripture. If you got your Bible, go to Isaiah 26. God wants us to have perfect peace, and if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that peace is inside you, then how could you have no peace or a troubled mind if you have perfect peace? Tell your neighbor it doesn't make sense. It's a total contradiction, is it not? How do you go from having perfect peace to have a troubled mind? Because you focus on what is dominant in your life. And you can focus on negative things. And we talked about this the last couple of weeks. You can focus on negative things that pull you away from the Word of God, or you can focus on what the Word of God says you have that belongs to you. There are certain things that you have as a covenant right. And if you focus on those things, and if you meditate those things, and if you look at those things, you draw that close to you, you activate that within you, and you can walk with what God said you would have if you would do what He says. And let's look in Isaiah 26, because I believe the Word of God is very simple. And if we look at the Word of God, and we read the Word of God, and we believe the Word of God, and if we act like the Word of God is true, then we'll have manifest in us what God wants us to have. And and I know that this sounds silly when I say that if you laugh a lot, we talked about joy, not last Wednesday, but the week before, we talked about how joy 
is medicinal. Uh, it is like a pharmacy in your brain, and it, and it activates the opiates of your uh, body, and it, uh, not the opiates, but the nerve endings of your body, and it makes you feel better about life. It makes you look better. It makes you feel better. It makes you, and it does. What the what? Some of the research I read is that people look younger when they smile and laugh. Turn to your neighbor and say, "How much younger do you want to look?" <laughs> Isaiah twenty six three says this: "You will keep him." In perfect peace, whose mind is what? Stayed or fixed. That means fixed. Whose mind is fixed upon him or upon the Lord. So in other words, the key to having perfect peace in your life is to have your mind totally fixed on the things of God. How many of you have a mind that goes like this? Two of you. Liar, liar, liar. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Your mind, now I know this sounds overly simple, your mind will think with you or without you. Your mind will think with you or without you. I can tell my mind what to think, and it will think it all the time if I make it. If I stop, it'll think whatever it wants. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I, got, I have been blessed. With, I've really been blessed. I'll tell you a story sometime later, but... I've just really been blessed with an automobile, and I'll tell you the whole miraculous story of this later on, not tonight. But it does have a, a, a Cirrus radio. First car I've ever had with one. Pam has one. Well, I have an Elvis station uh, that is on there. So I have Fox News, Elvis, and a whole bunch of other th- Christian stuff, too. And, uh, and, and so I'll be listening to every once in a while Elvis. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you're listening to a song and it'll take you, not only to the year of the song, it'll take you to the year of your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It'll take you to the moment in your life. Sometimes that's happy song. Sometimes that's a real downer. And you can be pulled down really, really quick. Music was made by God to worship him. And you have to be careful what you allow your mind to entertain. Your mind wants to be entertained. And if you don't fill it with the good entertainment, it'll find its own entertainment. It'll find its own thought life. You know what I'm talking about? Your mind just will think for itself, and you're glad none of us know what you're thinking because you know you're thinking the wrong stuff. What happens then is when we get to the the point when we realize that the peace, the perfect peace that God wants me to have has nothing to do with the world and and what's happening in the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, the world is going the way Jesus said. You need to get a clue here. We are living, when, you, it, when we first started going to the Sudan, uh, 2005, uh, they were still dropping bombs over there. And, and they were flying these airplanes in. And Pastor Stanley, he's, he's a seasoned veteran. He knows what it's like. He's not, he's not panicking over there. He's been through it already. He understands what that stuff is all about over there. His concern is the children. He knows he can take care of himself. His concern is the 150 kids starting at age 3 up to about age 16 or 17 right now. So the concern is, what do we do with 140 kids? I can take care of myself. How do I motivate and and move these kids and keep them safe and keep them fed and all this kind of thing? But he is experienced in knowing what is about to happen again. Hopefully it doesn't, but he knows if he does, God's going to lead him. Tell your neighbor, God is no respecter of persons. No matter how troubled this country gets, no matter how troubled this world gets, we're going to be okay. But if you're not ready for a good fight, you ready for some deep teaching right now? Are you really ready? Are you ready? All you visitors ready? 
If you're not ready for a good fight, you're not ready. <laughs> you, you want to underline that? <laughs> Let's say, if I'm not, ready I'm not ready for a good fight, for a good fight I'm, not ready. I'm not ready. And a good fight is not that you knock everybody down, you never get knocked down. I've never met a prize fighter yet that didn't get knocked down. A good prize fighter needs to get back up once he gets knocked down. And what happens to a lot of people in the body of Christ is they think, well, John 10, 10 says, I'm going to have life and have it more abundantly, so everything's okay. Case or I'll always be blessed, and God will always take care of me, and everything will be taken care of. All of that's true. However, if you're going to go through difficult times, you have to be focused on the Word of God and not that everything is okay. You live right here in Lafayette, Indiana. We've got an unemployment rate of uh, 4 or 5%, I think it is, unbelievably low. You know about what's happened just recently up in Milwaukee, the unrest, the situation, the circumstance that took place up there. Just found out the other day that the unemployment rate for African Americans in the inner city of Milwaukee is 30%. Folks, living in Lafayette, Indiana is a bubble. Living in Milwaukee is a very difficult situation. We can't relate to what it's like for people in certain areas of this nation. We are living in a bubble. But yet God wants to take care of everybody in every situation. And we're going to have to understand that no matter how troubled the world is, we have perfect peace available to us. Tell your neighbor, you have perfect peace. Now, just as you say that to your neighbor, you may be thinking about your finances, or you may be thinking how you're going to pay your rent, or you may be thinking about how your children are going to be taken care of. How many of you are thinking thoughts already contrary to what we're talking about? Can I see your hand? And it's, now, that's, that's a normal progression. But now, I want you all to think this right now. I want you all to think this. I want you to think to yourself, I have perfect peace, okay? Now, I know you said it. Now, I want you to start thinking it. I want you to keep thinking it for a few minutes, okay? I want you to think it over and over again. Do you know how to think for yourself? If you don't, let me know and I'll come help you. Okay, think, everybody think for yourself. Are you thinking for yourself? Okay, what do you say? Now tell me out loud what you're thinking. Okay, keep thinking it. Keep thinking it. Now, now keep thinking it. Don't listen to what I'm saying other than what you're thinking, but you can do two things at once, okay? If you think something long enough, what are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? You're going to believe what you think. Is that right? Okay. So how many of you believe what you've been thinking? Okay. So let's all say, I have, I have perfect, peace. perfect peace. Let's look at what the Word of God says and what Jesus had to say about this entire situation. John, Pam quoted one of the scriptures we're going to give in just a few moments. But in John chapter 14, verse uh, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, let it not be afraid. So, we have what Jesus said we would have. John sixteen thirty three. Pam quoted it during the communion. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have what? Tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We will experience what in the world? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to experience tribulation. 
Jesus said it. What that means is that we are going to feel the pressure. We're going to feel oppression try to come against us. The stress, the anguish, the tribulation, the adversity, the affliction, the crushing, all of that stuff that's in the world, you can feel it coming against you. Can you not feel it? How many of you can feel it? You know it's there. It's coming against you all the time like this. Jesus said, it's coming against you, but be of good cheer. You're not of the world. I give you my peace. Right in the midst of all of that squeezing and pressure and all that stuff that's coming inside of you, you're going to be okay because you have my perfect peace. So therefore, we have to release what's in us, but know that we are in the world, but not of the world, and that the things of the world do not affect us the way they affect the people who don't know Jesus, because God's going to supply every need that we have. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's going to take care of all your needs. But if you succumb to the world, you'll pull away. The other day I was ironing a shirt, and, uh, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you'd appreciate this, all of a sudden, uh, uh, I, the, uh, the shirt I was ironing, uh, it wasn't pressing right. And I do sometimes, when the iron doesn't work right, have a little bit of a temper. God is dealing with me. God is dealing with me. My wife goes, oh, yeah. But God is dealing with me in that area. But I, we've had a few irons that just didn't make it through the temper. And I just, I just this iron, another iron, and I was just getting so upset with this iron. And I happened to look over there, and it was unplugged. And then I, I had pulled the plug out. And all of a sudden, I realized that, you know what? The iron was okay. It was the plug. It had pulled away from the source. And God gave me a little illustration that a lot of people, when the world comes against them, and the world's always going to be coming against you, always trying to, to, to get you, always trying to get your thoughts, how bad it is. Oh, my goodness, it's like this, it's like that. And all of a sudden, this iron, when I plugged the iron back in, heated right up again. Heated right up again. I saw this in a UPS store. This is way off the subject, but I thought it was so cute. It was a sign in the UPS store today, and it said, what did it say? <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. It said, it said heat makes everything expand. Therefore, I'm just hot. It was, a, it was funny when I read it. I, I can tell that right now. It was about a heavy person. Uh, that's all right. It didn't go very well. That's all right. I'm going to get back where I was. Where was I, by the way? See, honey, that's why I need you up here. Stay plugged in. Thank you, Don. Give Don a hand. Stay plugged in. So, so, so when the world is doing all the world is doing, Let's assume that your candidate doesn't become president. So what? It's not going to affect your covenant. It's not going to affect your blessings. It's not going to affect the word of God. It may affect our nation. It may affect things that are going to happen. But we're going to be okay because we know who we serve. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be okay. Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I expect to be blessed every single time I follow the will of God for my life, and you should do the same thing. Get out of the will of God. Don't live the word of God. You, you, then you've got some problems. Now, this is what the word peace means. We'll see if you have it. How many of you have perfect peace? I'm going to give you the answer to the question. 
It came when you received Jesus, okay? So how many of you have perfect peace? Well, let's look at what you got. The word is arene, and it means calmness, perfect well-being, a state of rest, quietness, and calmness, a total absence of strife, total tranquility. We just described Sandy, haven't we, Brad? We just described Brad, haven't we, Sandy? We've just described my wife. We just described... <laughs> no, that's what we should all be like. Everybody said, that's what I should be like. That's the price that was paid for your life so that you could have that total peace. Now, the Word of God in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we have been talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that you received Jesus, when you received Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in to dwell with you. That's what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 6, 19, and 20. That, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is within you. And the fruit of peace is already in you through the power of God. If you will activate your mind to focus on the things that you should be focusing upon, then the peace of God will absolutely consume you and it will reach out and touch other people and draw people to the Jesus in you. But if you blend in with the world, you don't stand out. Does that make sense what I just said? In other words, if you're worried and anxious and concerned and upset and oh my goodness and angry and hostile and all those things, you are just like the world, totally troubled. And there are many people in the body of Christ that I believe become troubled over situations and circumstances when they should be praising God in the midst of the adversity, thanking God that He's going to turn whatever that thing is around and use it for good and strengthen them right where they are so that they can be what God has called them to be. Now, uh, back to Isaiah just for a moment. In Isaiah chapter 32, it's a powerful scripture on dwelling in peace. Isaiah 32, it's verse 17 and 18. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Everybody say this. It is the will of God that I be consumed by his, peace. by his peace. And when you allow that to happen in your life, it will change every part of your life. It doesn't stop things from happening, but it affects how you view what is happening. Does that make sense? In other words, the world, everything that Jesus said in Matthew 23, is really talking about it in Matthew 23 and 24, Everything that Paul said in uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 about the perilous times. How many of you would believe the perilous times are here? They're not coming. They're here. They're here. If you lived in San Francisco, Milwaukee, Chicago, or if you lived in a major city, major metropolitan city in this nation, you would not recognize it compared to what Lafayette, Indiana is. The perilous times have arrived. They're just not in Lafayette, Indiana. The perilous times are already here. 
But it says, when you really study that, that Jesus said that you will be able to endure this. He talks about that in Matthew 23. In, 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 is it 1 Timothy 3 or 2 Timothy 3? 2 Timothy, isn't it? Yeah, did I say 1 Timothy a minute ago? 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, but the man of God will be thoroughly prepared for these times. In other words, through the word of God, you will be thoroughly, thoroughly prepared for what is about to happen. In other words, no matter how dark the world gets, because of the Spirit of God within you, your light will grow brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Turn to your neighbor and see if you can see the bright light. And get your bright light on now. Come on. Get a smile on. And I know you've all heard this before. I know you've all heard this before. Some people brighten a room when they walk in. Some people brighten a room when they walk out. You need to be the one that brightens the room when you walk in. Doesn't anything ever bother you? No. If I would think about it, it would. But if I don't think about it, it wouldn't. You are responsible for every thought you think. Does that make sense? You don't have to dwell upon them. Now, now uh, when I say that, let me rephrase that. How many of you know you, are, you have thoughts that you don't think they come out of nowhere into your mind? And then you have a choice to think the thought or to cast the thought down. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says that those thoughts that you meditate, if you don't get rid of the bad thoughts, they'll become a stronghold in your life. A lot of people are walking around with strongholds because they thought a thought so long, they believe the thought, and the thought controls them instead of them making sure that the thoughts they're thinking are what God says. Is that too much confusion just then, or did you understand it? it uh, raise your hand if you understood what I just said. Okay, in other words, you've got, you got to take responsibility for your thought life and say, I'm not going to think like that anymore because it gets me in trouble. But if I think what God said, then I'm going to have peace in my mind, and I'm going to show you how to do that in just a second. Matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and go there. Go to Philippians chapter 4, because God gave us, I believe, it doesn't say any, anywhere in the Bible that God gave us a spiritual formula, but I believe there is a formula in the body as to how you can walk with this manifest in your life. I believe God gave it to us. Uh, I remember the first time that I ever ministered on this scripture in Philippians chapter 4, Pam's dad came up afterward and he said, you know, I've been reading that since you shared that scripture. And if everybody in the body of Christ would do this, we wouldn't have any trouble. And I said, John, I think you've got the answer for the gospel. That is exactly right. And we're going to read in Philippians chapter 4 what God said, because what... In, in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, very powerful scripture, it says that uh, have faith in God. Jesus is telling the disciples that you need to have faith in God. Everybody say that. How many of you have faith in God? If we have faith in God and believe he's the answer to everything, then that's who we're going to look to in everything. We're going to focus on, well, what did God say about this? Right now, uh, I, I am, my, my wife would tell you this is true. I am a news junkie. If, if Left alone, I love history, I love news, I love sports, and I love the Bible and the Word of God. And what's important to me is what the Bible says and what God is saying in my prayer journal, and then that releases my faith 
Mark eleven twenty two. I have faith in God that God believes and means what He says. And if He says tribulation is going to intensify in the world, it's going to intensify in the world. If He says in Second in Timothy that perilous times are going to come, and I believe they're already upon us because in my prayer journal, I believe God showed me the perilous times aren't coming, they're here. So now I've got the Word of God here, I've got this right here, and I believe God showed me that He's going to show people tuned into the Spirit how to prosper in perilous times. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you one of them? Tell them, you can prosper in perilous times. You can't stop what Jesus said is going to happen, but you can prosper in the midst of it. If the Word of God says perilous times are coming, they're coming. If Jesus said that the the earthquakes are coming and that situations and circumstances are coming, in Matthew 23, that is exactly what's going to come. What we do is get prepared for what we know is going to come. So, we walk by faith and not by sight. Our faith is in God. Our faith is built by the Word of God. Hearing and hearing by the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God builds our faith. And we know that first... Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says we cast every care upon the Word. Now the word care is, you've heard this many times in the church, merimno, it's, it me, the word means distraction. We cast every distraction upon the Lord. How many distractions? How many distractions? How many of you have a distracted mind from time to time? It's because you're thinking distracted thoughts. It's because you're thinking thoughts that are causing you to worry, to be concerned. You're thinking thoughts that you don't know what to do about it, and it's causing you to become anxious and uptight. And when you're anxious and uptight, you can't let the peace of God rule in your life. Colossians 3.15. So, what we've got to do is say, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. Aha! I wonder if God already told us not to do that. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I'm glad you asked. Now you're going to find out. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your re- with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? God. To God or to Facebook? <laughs> what does it say? God. Not Facebook? Not Twitter? Okay, to God. And the peace of God, now if you do this, then the peace of God, which surpasses your understanding... You know, they can remove certain organs in your body and you can still function well. Wouldn't it be good if they could remove your understanding? How many of you need some of your understanding removed? How many of you are understanding type people? You need your understanding surpassed. Three of you, maybe four of you. How many of you have to know details about everything? If I could just understand all this stuff. You mean to tell me you're going to be a basket case because you don't understand? There are a lot of stuff I don't understand. Some of you have to understand certain things. There's a lot of stuff I don't have to understand. Because I don't know, I don't even know how electricity works for sure. All if I know is I plug the iron in, it works. So therefore, keep your iron plugged in. Tell your neighbor, keep your iron plugged in. If you do what we just said, it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard. How many of you need a guard over your mind? How many of you need a guard? Okay. And the peace of God will guard your mind and 
your heart through Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and tell, I got a guard. And you have to turn back and say, now you need to use it. You got a guard. You got a guard. And then this is the, the part that Pam's dad said to me. He said, I'm going to try to do that. He goes on to say, finally, brethren, this is how he's telling you to think. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, meditate, and if there's anything praiseworthy in these, meditate these things, these things you learned and received and saw in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. So what are we supposed to do? Can you back up just a moment to uh, uh, eight? Look at what our minds should be doing. Whatever things are lovely, of good report, virtue, that word means dynamite, virtue, power, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How many of you realize that if this is what you did, you would be thinking a lot less than what you're thinking? Because your mind wants to think. Tell your neighbor, your mind wants to think. It's just a question of what it will think with you or without you. If you'll program that mind through discipline to looking, 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 looking to what is the Spirit of God wanting me to meditate. Is the Spirit of God wanting me to meditate what I'm meditating right now? You would not be meditating things that make you anxious if you would meditate the Word of God. The things that make you anxious that you're thinking are things you don't know what to do about. Does that make sense? In other words, I, I can't solve this thing. So I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. Why not enter into the realm of the Spirit, give it to God, and say, God, when you want me to know what to do about this, tell me. Otherwise, I'm not going to think about it because it's dragging me down. It's pulling me down. <clears throat> I'll end with, with this little story. Uh, it, it's, and, and I do think it fits in with, with the message. Your, your attitude comes out of, really, I think, the fruit of the Spirit. If you've got a great attitude, the fruit of the Spirit is manifest in your life. If you've got a lousy attitude, it's not because the situations and circumstances that is in your life. It's because you're thinking wrong stuff. And in, in, the, in, the, uh, uh, in an airplane, and I don't know a lot about flying, but in, if, if any of you are pilots, then just give me a little grace here, but you have an attitude gauge. Any pilots in here? We had Don... Don uh, yeah, Don Granis was the pilot. He told me one time I was sharing on this. He said, you got it pretty close. But you have an attitude gauge. And, and the, attitude, the attitude, he didn't say I had it right. He said I had it close. But the attitude gauge on an airplane determines the planes uh, flying toward the, uh, toward the uh, 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 horizon. And that you've got to keep that attitude just right. Or if you don't know for sure, you, you, the attitude will change. It's the same thing with the human being. If your attitude is not based on the Word of God, you'll start to go down. You'll start to go down. You'll start to crash. We had this example when I was in a service. 
We had one of our pilots, we were doing night qualifications, I've shared this story years ago, night qualifications on a carrier uh, with FAU aircraft, and, uh, and, and he was flying, and, and it was, they had to do that every so many times a year, and they had to do it at, at, at pitch black night, so they'd come in strictly by radar. And as he came in, or did, he wasn't coming in, he was flying out there, and, and he got disoriented, he, he got vertigo. And they train on how to uh, handle vertigo and how to get out of vertigo. But this particular uh, pilot, he had just over came him and, and he lost track of his attitude gauge, he lost track of everything, and he ended up flying the plane in the ocean and killing. He died. Uh, but, but it was because he could not concentrate on all of the mechanisms that he had at his disposal that would have brought him in safely. Folks, we got the greatest mechanism in the world. We've got the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got the Holy Ghost. And if we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will always be manifest in our life. God will always bring abundance into our life. We'll always be positioned just like Jehoshaphat when he said, I don't know what to do. And the Lord spoke to Jehoshaphat and said, position yourself. This battle is not yours. This is my battle. This is God's battle. We're fighting a battle in the realm of the world. Our battle is the fight of faith. God is taking on the world. And guess what? world's going to lose. Let's stand to our feet. God has a plan. He's got a purpose for each one of us. And in the midst of it, He wants you to walk with that perfect peace. Don't try to figure everything out. Just try to meditate the Word of God 24 hours a day. And when you go to bed, meditate the Word of God, not what the news said. Meditate the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Meditate the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. And you will be amazed at how bright your light will become and how people will come to that light. Not you, but the light of Jesus in you. And you know we have the answer for the world. Let's say, I have the answer. We've got the answer for the world. Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit overcomes the world. And this world is going to pay a horrible price for how they've messed up with God. This is God's earth. The earth and the fullness therein belong to Almighty God. Every person in the world is going to pay a price when God comes back to judge this place. But the body of Christ, we're going to be blessed by God because we are His children. Would you bow your heads with me?